0: From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, Episode three hundred and sixty-five. Today's show is brought to you by Pingdom, DoorDash, and ExpressVPN. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be back. I wanted to extend welcome back uh, my thanks to you, and of course to Julia Alexander for joining the show last week. It was a really great conversation. I enjoyed it greatly. I'm glad you did. I, I haven't spoken to you since you listened.
1: I, I sent you a link to the, mm-hmm. the file when it was ready, and you said, I will listen on Monday as mm-hmm. upgrade listener As intended. Listen. I like to be a listener uh-huh.
0: every once in a while. It's a nice experience. I have a hashtag Snelltalk Talk question. It comes from Ben, and Ben wants to know, when shutting down or rebooting your Mac, do you ask it to reopen Windows when you log back in so you keep everything where it was wow. when you restarted?
1: I, I didn't know. We were going to just jump right into a power user tip. Uh, but here, here it is. Here's your power user tip for the day. Okay. Hashtag power user tip. No, um, Ben, you're. I think I'm going to use my like like wise sage voice. Ben, oh, here we go. You're asking the wrong question. The right thing to do is to not be given the choice. Hold down the Option key and just choose shut down or restart, and then it doesn't ask you anything.
0: Power <laughs> user tip what is the what happens then though I think
1: it may is is reopen a setting or is it just in that dialogue box I think it's a setting
0: yeah yeah well I've just clicked the restart button which is a horrible thing to have done while we're recording. Oh don't what no <laughs> No wait wait I have 53 no, are we seconds the podcast No podcast from you have Relay to stop talking this is great I only have 48 seconds left. It says reopen windows when logging back in. That's a check. Yes.
1: Yes, that's true. I just am wondering if there's any way to do it. I think that is the default when you restart by holding on yeah. the option key. My point is, I don't, I don't want to be asked. Right. <laughs> I just so whatever it does, it does because uh, I I don't want to be asked. I don't I don't pull down the the. Shut well, okay, down or restart okay. menu and, and have like a question I feel like we're digging asked.
0: too deep into one, Do you like your windows to be reopened is, is maybe a better question. I don't
1: care. I, I'm right. just saying. I, all I care is that I shut down or restart immediately when I do it. That's why I hold down the option key. Whatever happens then is just up to Apple, I guess. I don't care. Okay. I literally don't care. I have a bunch of startup items set anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fine. I, don't, I just don't care. That's why I hold down the option key. People who don't care just have to care about holding down the option key.
0: Fair enough. If you would like to send in a question for us... Uh, oh, by the way, people in the Discord are freaking out. I have obviously pressed the cancel button at this point. <laughs> They're already worried that the things are about to you shut off. You might restart. Uh, <laughs> not restarting, it's okay. If you would like to help us open an episode of Upgrade, just send out a tweet with the hashtag SnowTalk or use question mark SnowTalk in the Relay FM members' Discord. I have some Apple Store updates for you, Jason. I actually think this
1: is a very interesting story and mm-hmm. and I have some thoughts but tell 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 the listeners, Mike, what happened on the apple uh, on the apple web page. Well as yeah, it were.
0: the first Apple Store update is that there is one <laughs> again uh-huh. uh, for many years i I think this was an angela Aaron's uh change. Uh, they removed a dedicated store tab on the Apple.com website, and you would just, when you were on any product, you could just click to buy it. Uh, yep. Which was, yep. A, I mean, it was a choice, and we've got, you know. I, I have, uh, okay, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. This,
1: is the, this is a perfect example, I think, that has a reflection in other things that Apple does from time to time that, that are dumb, uh, where Apple's got a really idealized idea, you know, concept for mm-hmm. what a thing should be. And they're like, oh, well, well, it should be like this. And it's usually spoken in sort of like heady kind of design and information philosophy kind of jargon about like, oh, well, the whole... In this case, the ridiculous thing that they were trying to do it's, it was, well, the whole site's really a store and you can buy mm-hmm. from any page. So why do you need store and the answer is because people want to buy things and they want to click the button yep. to find where the things are to buy and mm-hmm. we've spent the last few years going well if I need a Mac accessory if I need like a cable or something what do I do I guess I go to the Mac page where it's going to try to sell me Macs and then maybe I can click on accessories there or, or maybe I have to click on a Mac and then like well I just want to buy the thing and this is I feel like such an Apple move of saying well we're just going to abstract this because wh- who needs an actual store that's not elegant uh, our store is is throughout the site and it is it is a beautiful philosophy but when it meets the real world it, it 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 collapses it it's like a like like a folding chair. It just is down because people want to buy it. Like they go to your site, they're not looking for an experience. They want to buy a cable, and so you should be able to say. Uh, and like every other site on the internet, that's the other part is it collides with the reality of every other site on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Which is to buy things. And Apple's like, oh no no, we're above that. We're above that. We're an experience with products, and then eventually you'll give us money. But it's 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 bigger than that. And the fact is, everybody's trained to just can, can I just find. The thing I want. And so they have finally kind of be, because somebody at Apple's, it's their job and they're judged based on online sales through the Apple.com site, right? And they're like, uh, <laughs> uh, this isn't working. <laughs> I, I want a store page and tab because. People don't. People can't find where to buy things, and we want them to give us their money. So it's mm-hmm. just, it, to me, it's just a perfect encapsulation of Apple having these kind of like highfalutin ideals about how things should work, uh, colliding with the reality of how things actually work.
0: I think that this was an extension of the whole meet at Apple idea, right? You remember the whole like Angela Arrant thing of like we don't call them apple stores anymore it's just like you meet at apple and then it's like the website itself wouldn't have a store page because the whole experience is a, I don't you know? I don't know for sure i think this predates
1: angela Aarons, though i think this is mm. i think this is an even earlier thing but regardless it is it is from the same it's cut from the same cloth right yep. which is which is uh it, apple.com is an experience and you just wander from thing to thing and then eventually a product will hit you in the face and then you'll buy it and that's just not like no i I, I mean, I think probably somebody at Apple said people are so frustrated with our site that they just go and buy it on Amazon because on Amazon there's just a box and there's products and then you buy a product and you're done. Whereas ours is more like a little adventure game where like, how do I buy a product on Apple.com? Can I not? Do I have to go to Amazon for that? I and mean, Of course you can. But they've, they've chosen to hide it. And make it make it more of a, a mystery to click around like it's like uh, playing mist or something. It's, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's an adventure. Where where is the where is the bag? Where where is the where is the checkout button? Well, let's find it. How do I find that lightning cable? Hmm. Well, just uh, what <laughs> click on uh, iPad and see what? Oh, no, no. You have an iPad Pro. It has USB C. Click somewhere where there's lightning. Click on iPhone. I know it's not that bad, but it's just it's it's really frustrating because this is such an obvious glaring thing where Apple just tried to be better than the Internet. And the Internet said, no, you, you are you are on the Internet. You need to be what people expect from your website."
0: So So uh, I found a, an article somewhere that said that it was removed in 2015 and Aaron's joined in 2014. Okay, so there you sure. go. Okay, if that's correct. We'll,
1: we'll, lay it, we'll lay it down on Angela Ahrens'
0: lap then. But I think <laughs> it, 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 it does go hand in hand with the whole idea of what she was trying to create. And I think there were good things that came from it and bad things that came from it. And I think some of that abstraction of like, we don't have a store, it's not no. a store, I don't think was right. But so, some of the, other, the design stuff is fantastic.
1: So here's the thing about um, Angela Ahrens was the the number two, I think, or maybe she was the CEO. She's the CEO at Burberry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... She, her hire was very much like Apple as a luxury brand, right? Mm-hmm. I think her hire, we've talked about this before, her it was hire the right, it was goes,
0: the right person at that time, that's what they were trying to be. It,
1: it, well, what, yeah, for what they were trying to be, and uh-huh. it goes hand-in-hand hand with like making a solid gold Apple watch, right? It, mm-hmm. it was the idea of what, what can we learn from these luxury brands, which is funny, because Apple stores do better uh, in sales per square foot than luxury brands do, right? Apple stores do better, so maybe but the luxury stores should learn from Apple and mm-hmm. not from Apple learning from them, and this is this is a little like that too, which is that it it's part of this kind of exclusive it's like oh well, you know if it's if you have to ask how expensive it is it's you can't afford it kind of approach that like it but within Apple, I think apple's true if it's really honest with itself, I think apple's personality as a company is not let me put it this way: it's further away. From luxury brand and a little bit closer to hard sales, right? Like, I think Apple cares more about getting your money than maybe it wants to show or or admit to itself. And the whole luxury thing was part of that, which is like, well, we're, we're, we don't need to do the hard sell. Remember when the iPhone sales uh, sagged and they suddenly realized that they needed to actually hard sell on iPhones because oh they had boy, just tried to they. <laughs> they had just tried to not And then, yeah. and then but that's an example where they're like, well they just turned on a dime because in the end there is somebody at Apple going, where's my money? <laughs> so mm-hmm. this is like that. This, this just feels very much like that, which is they, they, they like to think that they're above it all, but in the end they really do want your money mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I'm OK with that. Like as as a user, it's going to be my user story of the day. Right. If you've ever built a website or probably software, too, you've had the user story, which is how do you explain the feature you want? And the answer is you have to phrase it as as a user of Apple.com, I want to buy something. Where is the store? <laughs> it's pretty simple, right? Yep. I want to buy something. If I go to Amazon and I, I type in, uh, you know, Lightning Cable, Apple, or or whatever it is, iPad Pro, and hit return, I get everything that they're selling. And on Apple, it's like, hmm, you got to figure it out. I, I've had multiple friends say, you know, where do I go? <laughs> we go to Apple.com, I'm like, oh, okay, you got to click to Mac. And then you should see like, so anyway they 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 got over it and good for them because it was dumb that it went away and I thought it was dumb at the time and thank you for allowing me, thank you Apple for bringing this subject back so I could beat it to death but uh, good job you brought back a store tab you should have never gotten rid of it
0: and with this revamped store tab we have two new products we have the magic keyboard with touch ID for M1 max, not new <laughs> <laughs> well, new, to, new for you to be able to buy it. If right? you don't have
1: an iMac, it's new to you. That's yes. right. True they, story.
0: They also uh, revamped the uh, Magic Trackpad with mm-hmm. its different curves that it has.
1: It's right. It's all of the new input devices mm-hmm. that were previously only available on the 24-inch M1 iMac are now available silver only. Silver only. Right. Because why would you sell a color when you can sell not a color? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is great. Like, if you've got a Mac Mini, I think that's... Yep. A, or or a docked M1 MacBook. laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, also, by the way, I was talking to somebody about this who was concerned about uh, buying this because they want a new Apple keyboard and they're going to buy an M1 Mac or some other Apple Silicon Mac at some point, but not yet. And they were concerned about this. These keyboards work fine. Mm-hmm. It's only... Only the Touch ID that doesn't work with Intel mm-hmm. Macs. It works as a keyboard just fine. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get one now because you need a keyboard <laughs> and you know eventually you'll get an Apple Silicon Mac, which you will if you're going to stay with the Mac, <laughs> um, don't worry about it. You can you can get it. It works fine. It just doesn't do the, the magic stuff of Touch ID. But yeah, that, that's ig- okay.
0: Ignore Apple's compatibility. like on the yeah, website. Yeah, they you fine. Know, they have that because they still sell the other one and it's just to stop people getting confused. They work. They, they, yeah. they, they just don't do the authentication part. So.
1: Ex- exactly. That part doesn't work unless yeah. you've got a, an Apple Silicon uh, Mac. But but uh, this, I don't, I have to imagine it was all volume that they were shipping. They had only made enough to get into the iMacs that they were making. And there was no overage they had to they were ramping up iMac production and they were ramping up keyboard production and now they've gotten to the point where they have enough overage right that are keyboards that don't have iMacs attached to them that they can do this because um it was frustrating for a while there because i i I definitely heard from people who are uh they have one of those Mac minis and they love it external display and it's like it's perfect for that device and they work they always worked you just couldn't get one so now you can get one that's a good good thing so it's a very good thing.
0: And there are new GPUs available for the Intel Mac Pro. They're very expensive. and yes. They're based on AMD's new Radeon Pro uh, series, the W6000. Ex-
1: extremely expensive. The people who will buy them probably don't care so much about how expensive they are, but it mm-hmm. is an example of Apple making new. And these aren't just like, oh, you can buy a card and stick it in. These are MPX modules. They're the whole thing. Um, and... There's a you know we've talked about the rumor that there's probably a new iteration of the Mac Pro coming with a new generation Intel Xeon processor. So, um, th- I mean this is this is good. I think the idea there is that they wanted to support this Mac Pro and not just kind of ship it and forget it. So they're still updating its components, and it makes me wonder if it might be updating components for the the Intel Mac Pro for a while, right? Because the people who buy these things are making a large investment and they, you know, Apple, Apple can move forward with Apple Silicon and still put out MPX modules for the Intel Mac Pro, right, for years. And, and that, I think, I hope that's what they do, right? Because the people who are buying these systems, they just want them to be good and fast and work for them for a long time because they spend a lot of money on them.
0: I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe it's is too soon, but to me, this just feels like uh, the Apple Silicon Mac Pro will support this. That, that's just how it feels to me. I feel like it's a lot of work to to yeah. offer so many. Like well, they have three available. Like I it mean, just seems like a lot who's of work to
1: say. Given that they threw away the trash can Mac Pro after one iteration, you know, and they said they would do better. You never know. It would be. I mean, it's happened before that Apple's created a whole s- connectivity spec, like this MPX module kind of thing, and then thrown it away. Mm-hmm. But you would hope that that rumored Apple Silicon Mac Pro that's like a mini Mac Pro would support an MPX module, if not two, right? You would hope that they would extend this, Um as for when we see that thing i mean i the, the more that happens with the intel mac pro the further back i imagine that other product will exist which is fine cuz it seems like it's the hardest engineering challenge for apple to do a mac pro using their own their own chips so maybe that's a that's the very end of the transition process mm-hmm. so end of next year maybe for that i'm choosing to have faith okay
0: on the mpx stuff and the yeah
1: i world. i I mean, for people who love this stuff and haven't listened to ATP last week, as you might expect, ATP talked about this an awful lot. And um, it's all in there, right? Like, y- you would hope that Apple is not essentially reneging on what they promised pros, which was that they were actually going to stand by and support these devices. Mm-hmm. So this, I think this is Apple making good on that by releasing new um, GPU modules. And they're very expensive, but there you go the whole product is extremely expensive that's just what it is
0: yeah i do wonder why they why they don't have versions of the consumer graphics card like the, the newer consumer gpus like why they always go for the pro stuff but maybe it's just purely because they need to make a bunch of money from it so this is what they go to because like the new consumer gpus are all incredibly powerful you know they could they could make versions of those as well but they seem well, to choose not to.
1: If I have a criticism of the ATP discussion, it's that it's because it's John Syracusa and he plays games, it gets skewed toward games. And like Mac Pros are not meant for games. They, you can do it, but they're not meant for games. They're not meant for boot camp mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and games. They're not. They're, they're meant for a very narrow set of business needs that businesses buy incredibly expensive computers that have and then spend money on these incredibly expensive car- expensive cards to do whatever it is and i i don't even know what all of those things are is it 3d rendering is it is it uh biotech analysis i don't know what it is exactly it's a lot of vertical <laughs> categories mm-hmm. um and so my guess is that the people who are doing this inside apple are aware of who their core customers are and what they want i guess and what they think they want are this class of gpu
0: or maybe they just can't get any of them because <laughs> nobody can get the consumer wants the like, forget or maybe, it <laughs> i mean
1: that's what john said about these cards is that they cost yeah. a fortune but you can get them and so they're yeah. like pricing in the uh the the scarcity of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, I think most people yeah. um, don't care because most people aren't Mac Pro users, but mm-hmm. it is kind of interesting to see how Apple handles this market and the people who do care, care a lot.
0: All right, let's handle some uh, Upstream headlines. We've got some news, especially from Apple as well, before uh, we continue with this week's episode. Of course, in Upstream, we take a look at some of the news in streaming media and streaming media services. Apple has acquired the rights to Argyle from director Matthew Vaughn. This is a movie with a huge cost, including Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, Bryce Dallas Howard, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, John Cena, Dua Lipa, and Samuel L. Jackson. Cost Apple $200 million. Yeah. And
1: here, here, Mike, is the key thing is it's, it's just stated outright yeah. that the goal of this is to create a franchise. Yeah. This, is, this is a future intellectual property play. Mm-hmm. They want this to be like, uh, people say James Bond, but like, let's say the Bourne movies, right? Mm-hmm. They want it to be this. Th- you're not just buying this movie. I get the impression that you're buying into this as a franchise.
0: Uh, I, Yes, of course. Uh, the thing that surprises me about this, though, is... I don't really understand how this movie... Ended up ever getting in front of streaming services. Because of that cast, like... This is a massive blockbuster. Surely. Right? Like, if you saw that on a poster... There's a huge cast. It's just surprising to me. I don't know if it's maybe... Because of, you know concerns and nobody knowing what the future of cinema is going to be like, etc., etc. But I'm still really, I'm just surprised. It, this isn't a movie that's done, right? It's not like it's done. Right. And then they can't put it in the cinema.
1: They haven't shot it yet. No. So well, I, it's just a surprise to so me. So this is, this is Apple's film, Apple films, whatever, uh, sub brand, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I, I'm unclear. I mean, this may this may be a theatrical debut and then straight to Apple TV Plus kind of thing. Yeah,
0: but it's, if they do that, it will be quick to Apple TV Plus, of course. right? It's, you know, so really, it's an Apple TV Plus thing. Well, um, even if they put it in cinemas,
1: yeah, but that might be the future of all all cinema, true, all, all movies. True, is true. that you? You have a very narrow window in theaters. What Julia was saying last week is, what right. three weeks, and then you're but, done. Basically, you've made all mm-hmm. your money that you're going to make, and
0: but that's always going to be less. Box office money, right? Yeah, it's I, I'm
1: I'm fascinated by it. Um, just, I think one of the untold stories of this era right now is everybody who doesn't have franchises trying to make franchises because we live in an era where the big franchises and Marvel is the biggest at this point just are machines that throw out billions of dollars with every release, and every yeah. company wants. Who doesn't want a machine that? That you press a button and a billion dollars comes out. Like, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think that there's a bit of a, like a fool's errand in this. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, you can't you're chasing all create something. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Marvel's Marvel, and that's that, right? Yeah. And, oh, I agree. Yeah. And yeah. So I think, it, I agree.
1: I, I think that there's a good conversation to be had about why you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And you especially can't do it if you're trying. It's like a watch pot never boils. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the franchise is happen and then you take advantage of them and i feel like if if i were this is hilarious but if i were in a position where i was acquiring uh content for a streamer and i and i was looking for franchises i would probably be making i don't want to say small bets but like medium bets not big bets like Mm -hmm. i would not do what amazon's doing with lord of
0: the rings no that seems like a bad idea to me because i
1: mean it is a pre-existing franchise so i've got they got me there but Mm. it is one big swing and as a baseball fan i will tell you that um your percentage chance of getting a hit in any at bat is low and the same goes for this kind of stuff and so i would rather take a bunch of swings and then find the ones that are the hits and cultivate them and try to build them up then, you know, which, you know, to be fair, the counter argument is that's what Netflix has been doing. And they really haven't. I mean, they have had a handful of things like this, but but they nothing a at, at a huge level. No. Um. Yeah. I mean, is the crown a franchise? I mean, they're going to run out of time for for uh, unless unless there's like a future season. of the. Oh, man. Can you imagine there's a future season of the crown that's set in like the, the 24th century and they've cloned <laughs> Queen Elizabeth and she comes back that then the crown's a a franchise uh-huh. but until then anyway i don't know this this hey if this is the next born series or or a new james bond or something yep. like that or uh what what they didn't say in the reports and i wonder about is one of the modern ways you do a franchise thing is you plant characters in your movie
0: who then get their own streaming series right well yeah like franchise to me isn't just like you have a bunch of good movies right like I feel like in a modern parlance of franchises you have like a universe, right? Like you can do a bunch of stuff with it. And then maybe like but I don't know, like that, that seems Right. Mar- Marvel may be the exception to the rule. Although, I mean, the uh,
1: Marvel Star Wars, yes. right? Are 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 great examples. Um there aren't a lot, James Bond. Like there are there are some, but it's, it's it's that's a tough game to play. But I understand why they want to play it because the reward could be huge. Massive. Um, yep. But in this case, it is just a big, expensive spy movie, which is that's fine. It could be really yep. good, great cast, and all that. But yeah, I, I just I keep thinking that the modern way you do you do a franchise is, and, and somebody's doing this. I can't remember Netflix.
0: who it is. I was just about to say it's Netflix with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. They they have a spy movie that's coming. It's The Gray Man. It's based on the book series yeah. The Gray Man. Yeah, and they're trying to like that's their thing. That but that's that's not what I meant. Them. I meant that oh, I, I read
1: somewhere that there's a movie coming out that is oh it's oh I know what it is it's it's um it came out I I think it's Suicide Squad the Suicide Squad which came out this oh, last right. weekend yep. yep and that that they are. Already shooting yes an HBO Max series yep. based on one of the characters who's in the Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah, I believe it's a bit of a spoiler, so we won't say who. But yes, they right. are they are making a television it, show based. It wasn't on a
1: characters. spoiler when nobody knew. Or could see yes. the Suicide Squad, but now I that you can't see because it because I
0: haven't seen the movie. But so like it's I knew right. it already, and then so it's like yeah. <laughs> I
1: think I think you're you're gonna start seeing more of that too, which is these kind of prefab franchises where they they th- the whole strategy is we're gonna have a film, but we're also gonna have like ancillary characters who are planted to spin off into TV shows so that the franchise stays in front of people yep. until the next big thing happens and they all come back together which I don't know if executed well and that's always the question with this this stuff if executed well that could work it could also be a total failure and given that Suicide Squad has not performed well at least in theaters. The investment that they made in that spin-off TV show, it could they could be looking at it now as a waste or maybe it's a way to salvage the Suicide Squad by making a part of a bigger thing. I don't know. I don't know, but it's fascinating to watch. I'm 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 get, I got my popcorn out.
0: I'm just going to say that that HBO Max idea of putting all the movies in the service just seems like it's become more and more of a bad idea the <laughs> longer we're out from it. Like yeah, not good.
1: Well, you know, Jason Kylar's not going to keep his job. So
0: no. <laughs> you know, it's gonna there's
1: going to sweep that one right under the rug <laughs> yep. and move on to twenty twenty two. Yep,
0: yep, yep, yep. Musical Come From Away will be arriving on Apple TV Plus on September tenth. Big surprise to me. This is going to be a live performance like Hamilton was. Um, yeah, I, I don't know to what extent uh they have shot this like how similar it will be to hamilton or not this is a surprise like i had no idea that it existed like as a as a, a filmed thing and not only is it arriving it comes in a month which i'm excited about it because i've wanted to see come from yeah. away because uh, i i hear it's very good everybody that i know that loves musicals talks speaks very highly of this one so uh, i'm excited about this
1: yeah and this is a question for uh i guess uh, what would up upstage
0: oh upstage is beautiful which is jason we
1: are creating a franchise oh man you're right where's our money uh (laughs) thank you thank you for buying those summer fun t-shirts so upstage (laughs) it is it it, the 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 finances of broadway and and the and uh the theater in general apologies to london because the theater is huge in london um the 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 Money involved there very complicated, right? Yeah. And the way you make your money, you spend huge amounts of money on these shows, and they're like swings of the bat too. Sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. The ones that make it are the ones that pay off for all the money lost on the ones that didn't. But once you get it, you take it. You take it from London to New York, and then you do traveling and you do you know and you you franchise it in its own way out and then you're making huge amounts of money and like in Hamilton's case they had multiple national tours in the US plus they were permanently in uh in New York and they were they did a long run in San Francisco and like all of this stuff goes on i wonder if is this just a covid effect where all the theaters shut down or when you look at, we'll see what this performance is, but like when you look at something like Hamilton, which was a phenomenon, but like, is there money, this is how they probably think of it, is there money available to us from people who are never going to go see it in the theater because it doesn't come to them or it's too expensive or whatever? Is there another portion of theatrical, of not theatrical film, but like of theater Mm -hmm. that is the Hamilton-like filmed stage production with high production values that we can get a lot of money from a streaming service for. And how much does that cut into our ticket sales of our traveling or does it, or does it boost it because people become fans? I don't know the answer as somebody who doesn't go to a lot of theater, although I do go to some, the idea that I could catch a really good quality capture of maybe a, maybe a, a high quality, original cast of something performing something at a very high level, like that appeals to me greatly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about the financial part of it. And I'm curious about that part, whether this is something that will will end up benefiting the theater industry or not. Um, but I think it's great for audiences. Obviously, it's not the same as going to see it in person. But, you know, you, first off, you see it in person and then you're done and you don't get to relive it at all. Mm-hmm. And people don't tend to go back. I mean, some people do, but most people don't go back to the theater again and again and again to see it again and again and again. It has to
0: be something special. Says
1: so the guy who's seen Hamilton three times. But, but, still. The, but, but
0: Hamilton, I think, is the outlier, though. Like, I've seen Hamilton three times. Yes, and I, exactly. I'm, I'm planning on going to see it again soon. That's what I want to do. I want to book tickets want so I go see it again.
1: Right. And, and Matt in the Discord is making a point that, that I think is absolutely true, which is there's an argument to be made, at least, that you are creating audience for your property Yes, by doing the streaming version because now you really ought to see it in person, right? It's coming to your town. Yeah, it's like, oh, it in if,
0: if you like it on TV, imagine what it's like to be there. Maybe that's the plan. Yep. Like, you, you run a musical until it starts to decline. You put out a video version, which you make a bunch of money from, and you, maybe you boost tickets. I don't know. I don't know,
1: but it's, it's uh, anyway coming to Apple TV Plus. I'll watch it. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Reese Witherspoon has sold Hello Sunshine for $900 million to a media company backed by private equity group Blackstone. Right. This media so, group is going to be led by ex-Disney executives, Tom Staggs and Kevin Mayer. Kevin Mayer, you may remember as the person who ran Disney+, Plus. everybody mm-hmm. thought was definitely going to be the CEO, was passed over for CEOship, CEOship, right. left and went to TikTok, and then that all imploded, and now right. here he
1: is. So yeah, there, his name wasn't Bob, that was his fatal flaw. Mm-hmm. So the... Th- this... Is fascinating because it's like they're they're working with a private equity group to make uh make a studio right like make mm-hmm. a big studio from nothing. Um, as Julia and I talked about last week, um, she talked about the idea that not everybody needs a streaming service, right? And and that maybe uh it would be okay if you became a content arms dealer, as yep. she said, yep. and that there would be value in that, and that maybe something like CBS Viacom um, would look at what they were doing in two or three years and be like, oh we'd just be better off selling this stuff to the highest bidder of the streaming services rather than doing this ourselves, which sort of is what Sony's game is right now. And I wonder if this is that, right? Kind of, which is, uh, there's a insatiable thirst for, for content. um, And they don't need to create a streaming service. They can just uh, fulfill the needs of the people who need content on their streaming services. Um, It does. It also points out since Apple was supposedly sniffing around hello sunshine, right? That, um, my, my guess is that they got outbid that the private equity group finds more value in aggregating these studios together than Apple found in sort of, you know, getting some talented people that they like working with into their, you know, on
0: their team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Reese Witherspoon will remain on the board, uh, along with current CEO Sarah Harden, and they're going to continue to oversee mm-hmm. operations of Hello Sunshine. And Sky has announced that they will be the home of Peacock and Paramount Plus in the UK and Europe. This will be at no extra cost for current subscribers. Uh, Paramount Plus will also be available standalone at a later date. And Peacock has said that they will have it will be ad supported on Sky, which makes me think that they may also have a direct to consumer option in the future as well. I think this is kind of smart from Sky, to be honest. Like hey, everyone in America, why don't we just take all that content for you and we'll give you some money for it. And, right. you know, I actually think it's kind of a smart move. I don't know how I feel about it as a so consumer. So Sky, but...
1: Sky is a satellite linear TV provider. Is that right?
0: Uh, it's really difficult to describe what they are now. I mean, okay, just so imagine. this will be presumably
1: in, in their app, on streaming, they'll, you'll get Paramount Plus and Peacock
0: now. Yeah, or on their box. Their box has like a whole interface. Basically, okay. at this point, Sky is like Comcast and TiVo and a streaming service, okay. right? It's like all right. of those things. And okay. no matter what part of it you are a part of, you can get this. So like we use Now TV, which is Sky, but it's their streaming thing. And because we're a Now TV subscriber, we'll get Paramount so, Plus so and Peacock.
1: they're basically... The U.S. equivalent would be sort of that they're a they're a cable or satellite provider. They've mm-hmm. got a, a bundle of content. You sign up for Sky and you get a bundle of yep. of stuff that includes linear channels and stuff that's on demand and all of those things. Yes, everything. And okay.
0: now now they're going to be a front for the American streaming services too.
1: Fascinating. Yeah.
0: Fascinating. I think it's an interesting play from them. Uh, I could imagine HBO doing this as well because. HBO and Sky have a very long standing relationship, which is why we've never got and HBO just Go.
1: As pointed out pointed out by Tony in the uh in the chat, uh Comcast owns Sky. Yes. So they are Comcast. Yeah. Like they're really Comcast. They really are. Yeah. All right. Yep. Fascinating. This is uh this is an interesting move for Paramount Plus and Peacock as well, because the idea here is how do these services that are especially in Paramount Plus's case, a bunch of their originals are not available to them outside of the U.S. and Canada because they sold them off to Netflix and Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they, they do want to have a presence. Uh, and this also is kind of a nice package deal. Presumably it means that, you know, it, you're basically buying all the stuff that they're producing for their service in the U.S., um, that, that remains, like Peacock is a good example of that, and it all just comes over, mm-hmm. right? So all of those are Peacock originals that NBC is building in the U.S. will just be available to Sky as well, and it gives them a international presence without, like you said, may, they, they will probably build their own offering as well, but they're kind of like doing the bundle. They're bundling it in before it exists, which is yeah. interesting. That's an interesting idea. This is also a case where these are companies that didn't have a really fixed international strategy. Correct. And so they're
0: figuring it out. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You probably wouldn't like, you know, take a call in a public place if there was anybody around you, maybe on speakerphone. You don't want people listening in because you would care about your privacy. We're using the Internet without using ExpressVPN. It's kind of a bit like taking that call because somebody could eavesdrop if they wanted to. ISPs, and you know if you're connecting to Wi-Fi that you're unaware of, they can see the websites that you visit. That data could be sold to others who might want to use it to target you for marketing. Thankfully, you can use ExpressVPN to create a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so people can't see your online activity. It's so easy to use. You just fire up the app, you hit one button, it works on phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be automatically protected. It's no surprise ExpressVPN has been rated number one by CNET, Wired, and The Verge. I just got back from traveling. I was in a hotel, hotel Wi-Fi. I had ExpressVPN on the entire time because I don't control that network. I don't know who controls that network. So I just turned on ExpressVPN on all my devices. It was great. What was also good is there was, uh, I wanted to be able to watch a TV show that I couldn't watch because we were not in the UK with the company that we pay for like with the service that we pay for. So I could say to ExpressVPN in the app, hey, I'm in the UK, and then ExpressVPN can spoof my location and I could watch that show as well. So really great. So loved it. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash upgrade today. That's expressvpn.com slash upgrade and you can get an extra three months for free that's expressvpn.com upgrade our thanks to expressvpn for their support of this show and relay fm okay so big topic time for today's episode Ooh. last week apple announced that they are working on two initiatives to combat child sexual abuse material uh, how is that it said CSAM is that how it's yeah i think that's what they're
1: calling it and for people who who say that they haven't really heard this term before this is what has historically been called child pornography. Yeah. And in the in the last few years there has been an effort to rename it because of the feeling that that term doesn't get at what is actually going on here, which is any images, sexual images of children is by definition child abuse. So they don't want people to call it pornography and instead call it sexual abuse material, child sexual abuse material. I think it's a better phrase,
0: because I I assume that it can also encapsulate other things which can be used for this purpose. Right, right. right. But
1: the idea here is just to classify it. I mean, words define how people file things in their brains, mm -hmm. and what they're trying to do here is say, you need to take this more seriously. This is not uh, material that some people are using because it turns them on. This is evidence of a crime. Essentially. Right. This is these photos are evidence of a crime and should be thought of in that way. So that's why um, when this came out, you see CSAM, the acronym used a lot.
0: Uh, so they showed off two new features that are coming with an upcoming software update for iOS. Both of these features are going to be in the US only at first, possibly coming to other regions in the future, but on a case-by-case basis. This is a very, very large topic with a lot of implications. And yes. so we're going to try and talk about it like this. I am going to outline the two things. Then we're going to talk talk about some things that have been reported on this, uh, some more discussion, some FAQs, some responses from Apple. <laughs> oh, man. And There's, then, yeah. w- w- if anything else we have not yet covered for our own thoughts on these systems, it, you know, I'm sure there will be intermixing with, sure. in the conversation. And it starts with the fact that, as you mentioned, this is not one thing,
1: right? It's no. more, Apple announced sort of two very distinct things and put them in the same bucket because it's a child safety bucket. Yep but they are very different technologies very different. that do different things. And I think it doesn't do anybody any good to conflate
0: them. And of course, this is quite a sensitive topic, right? So, you know, if, if this stuff is not good for you, skip it, right? We have chapters. You can skip this conversation. Yep. Um, And of course, are, as well, some are fun. Yeah. It's not fun <sighs> at all today. And of course, because this is so sensitive and complicated, you know, we are going to try our best to have nuanced and thoughtful discussion about this. Yeah. But we will not be perfect about it because it's so complicated, right? I I just want to say that up front before we start digging in. So the first part is probably the easier to get your head around, but I don't think perfect. Communication safety. This is for the Messages app on iOS and the Mac. This system is intended to, in some cases, warn parents if their child views content that is deemed as sexually explicit. This will be determined by on-device analysis powered by machine learning. If a photo is determined to be explicit, it will be blurred out. Now, this, the sexually explicitness of these images, this is completely divorced from the CSAM detection stuff. This is a machine learning model.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's a machine learning model that's basically saying, "Is this is this sexually explicit content?" It runs on device, mm-hmm. and then there is this interception, which is not a blocking either. It's an interception and a warning um, with different things that happen based on on different age groups.
0: Yep. And if somebody tries to view one of these blurred images, a child in in a, this is in an Apple, like iCloud family, you're deemed a child, your account is a child, it can be turned on, etc. They will be shown a warning, like a set of warning screens that Apple support on their website, telling them the content can be harmful. If a child is under 13, so 12 and under, their parents will can be alerted if the image is viewed or sent to someone else. Right.
1: And that's a parental option. The yes. parent would turn that option on mm-hmm. and then there would be this warning. And basically the idea there is is um, somebody sent you something, you should probably tell your parents. If you want to see it, your parent will be alerted. And that's for 12 and under.
0: Now for 13 to 18 because that's where it ends at 18, the individual will see the warnings, but there's no parental notification
1: of that. Right. So so a lot of the hot takes when this first was announced were this is Apple basically saying you can't send, you're a teenager. <laughs> hot teenagers sending nudes to each other are going to mm-hmm. run afoul of this. And it's interesting that Apple has actually built this in. It's like, no, no. And in fact, what, they're, what this feature is, if you're a, a teenager, is... Um, if somebody sends you something unsolicited, it fuzzes it, out, fuzzes it out so you don't have to be prompted with it. Like you don't have to see it if mm-hmm. you don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And if you do want to see it, then you get to see it, Um, which is an interesting combination that you could also view as being sort of like for teens, it's, you know, <laughs> who sent this to you? Is it somebody who <laughs> you want to see yeah. or not? And if not then you don't have to see it. It'll get fuzzed out and you can just uh, tell them to go away or block them or report them to (laughs) somebody in a position of authority to get them in trouble, whatever it is. But if it's something you want to see, my understanding is that's it. You just say, okay, I'll see it. And your parents don't get told.
0: None of that happens. There's no logging of it or anything like that. Yeah. Between the ages of 13 to 18. Now, the CSAM detection is the much bigger part of this. So... Again, so everything we've just said, that's one thing. Forget about all that now for this. These one. are completely different. They are not related in any way other than the fact that children are involved. That is where it ends.
1: Right. I will Before we, we kind of close up on this first one, I'll just say this is an interesting feature um, that I'm, I'm actually, and maybe it's because they're afraid that people are going to conflate this even more. I, I think it's interesting that Apple hasn't made this a f- feature for adults to just say Mm -hmm. don't you know to do this same feature which is like if somebody sends me an you know unsolicited you don't know they don't know whether it's solicited or not so why don't you just fuzz it all out and then if i want to see it i will tap to see it it's like a a machine learning based filter um but they're not even doing that they're like no this is a child protection feature that's all it is
0: you know what actually just so we don't mix things up let me give my thoughts on this part because i don't think we're going to come back to this otherwise yeah so, I think so. I kind of have like this is the easiest one to have feelings about, like on the face of it, decent system provided that it's implemented well. But I do also have some concerns about it. Like, what is going to be considered explicit and how is this determined? Right? Like, mm-hmm. just a machine learning model. Like, it's weird that like, Apple have been so forthcoming with the second part and how that's determined. And I feel like the, this is not very well determined. Like, I've seen some concern from members of the LGBTQ community that there are existing systems and models that over uh, categorize things in this, these communities as explicit, even if right, they're not right. so. Yeah, right? And so like I can understand how if you're in those communities that you could be concerned considering the fact that Apple's not being very forthcoming with this.
1: I would say the classic one is Facebook banning um pictures of nursing mothers. Yeah. Yeah. Right, which is not sexually explicit in any way, but they're but they have a you know, basically machine learning model for breasts. And they're like, "Whoop! There they are!" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Yeah, but no, little machine. No, it's not like that." And that this is this is the lesson that we've all had to learn over the last few years, which is a machine learning model is only as good as how it's trained, and if it's trained with biases, the biases will be in the model. So that that is a question. It seems less harmful here in the sense that what it's going to generate are false positives, or it's going to miss things. Um, but it and, and well, you know, I mean, I, yeah. As I
0: say it, it, again. Uh, and I don't know enough about this, but I've seen people saying it, so I will listen to what they have to say, right? Like, if you are, uh, you know, if you are a part of the LGBTQ community, right, and you've not come out to a family member, and you know what I mean? Like, if this is, there are, there are potential consequences, depending on how this is trained, that you could be saying something to someone that you didn't want. Like it's it's again yeah uh, it's just complicated I, I, right I don't
1: I don't I don't know about that because of the thirteen to eighteen thing um but yes I guess that's that's true that if at at the, at the younger age if that material was flagged and then a notified a parent it, it's yeah it's all a very sensitive subject, it's complicated right? it's complicated right. and I I will say that and this is not and we're gonna get to the rest of it in a minute but like this is not an endorsement of Apple. And what it chose, because it may have made bad decisions, we can argue about that, about whether this is good or bad. And a lot of people, very smart, uh, thoughtful people, have taken different sides on this. And I think that's instructive about how hard uh, a subject this is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say this, which is when this was announced, there were so many knee-jerk hot takes that were, I can't believe Apple didn't think about X. And when you look at the details here, it's very clear that Apple thought, a lot about this and this is a very carefully constructed system you may not agree with it but i think it's worth at least acknowledging that the people who built these features at apple seem to have thought a lot about the ways that they could be misused and have tried to build in features to make that not the case we can again. We can debate whether they actually succeeded or not, but I think that it would be a mistake to say they didn't think about these issues because I'm sure they did. Um, they may have made good decisions or bad decisions after they thought about it, but I, I, this bears the imprint of a lot of debate and discussion and a kind of a careful choice about what features got implemented.
0: Yeah, and if, look, there's the whole angle of control over a child, right? And it's it's. It's tricky right because Apple can't make that kind of situation any different to, than it is, right? Like right. if a family member is controlling a child if they are uh, going to use you know they change the age of the iCloud family that kind of stuff. Right. Um and I and so it's like you know I can understand how people can say well that's not Apple's responsibility. However, there is also this element of later on where like Apple is also kind of considering itself a part of law enforcement now. So it's like we're, you know, it's like you can be my protector, but also not. And it's like, yeah.
1: And the know. truth is, the truth is that every tool of control that gets built can, can be, be misused. misused. Yeah. And so the argument is, and this, is, this goes for this whole thing, so we'll get back here. But the argument is, do you build the tools or if you know abuse is going on do you refuse to build the tools which means that abuse that was going on will continue to go on mm-hmm. and and it can be a very difficult choice to make so every bit of apple's parental control features can be abused by a parent mm-hmm. right a parent can turn can turn off all the features on their kid's phone and the, the and then the kids will try to find ways around them. Mm-hmm. And so on one level, I look at this and I think, well, this is a tool that could be abused, but I also look at this and think this is also a tool that could be subverted. And so that, that's why like it's complicated, right? Because, you know, whenever a parent is limiting a child's access to something on their device, Um, that's a tool that a good parent can use for good and a bad parent can use for bad. And as the toolmaker, Apple is put in this difficult position of wanting to provide good tools for, or tools for good parents and to protect their children. But they know that every tool that they make has the potential to also be misused. And it's a very unpleasant place to be,
0: if you ask me. Talking about like, control and teenagers and etc cetera, etc cetera. i also would be concerned that this feature set would drive teenagers away from using iMessage as they may feel that their parents are going to be spying on them no matter what age they are
1: yeah i mean it is the idea is 13 to 18 aren't but that's true i i saw i well, saw some also arguments. as
0: well like you know i could imagine i could imagine being 16 or 17 and getting that prompt and feeling like my phone is talking down to me sure i get right? it
1: Again, I just I I I don't think I I did see the argument when this came out of somebody saying that this was a bad move for Apple essentially because it was going to drive people to other chat platforms. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not going to buy that one. Like, imagine Apple. Imagine the stories about Apple choosing to not protect children. No, I'm not saying fear fear of losing them to WhatsApp.
0: Right. I, I but I do think that the thirteen oh, may have to that 18, the thirteen to eighteen prompts should look different to the ones that Apple have shown.
1: And yeah, I mean I, I I think I agree with that. Like the the important point is that nobody gets notified and by conflating the under thirteen to through the thirteen through eighteen, uh, the more you do that the the worse it seems for uh for the teenagers. But I, I teenagers are pretty clever. Like, yeah. like I said, they may they may go away from this, or they may know, but they will. Um, I, I think they'll figure it
0: out. The other part of this that feels something, I, you know, like ultimately, like I feel like as if I was a parent, I'm not a parent, right? So you know, bear that in mind. Uh, I feel like it's something that I, in some instances, would want, right, to try and help make sure that my child was making the right decisions, or at least had mm-hmm. a, a second to think, or be able to make a second thought. It's definitely not perfect. And there are some lines about privacy, which is, you know, interesting and strange, like that like adults can do whatever they want, but not kids.
1: Yeah, I would say there's a debate about privacy expectations for children, right? Like theoretically, children have no expectation of privacy because like legally they don't. Mm -hmm. However, I would argue that that is... um, That may be true, but I I have some questions about the parenting choices, and everybody has different parenting choices, right? There are the, there are um, we my so Lauren and I were just talking about this because she had a friend in high school and and college who uh, whose parents were very strict, and he did stuff like he bought a motorcycle from a friend and he parked it around the corner from their house when he was home from college, so that they uh didn't know that he had it <laughs> and my thought was well well that'll show you how how uh good it is to be a super strict parent is it what it means is it teaches your kids to lie to you and hide things from you because they there's no trust there anymore and they just have to go around around you right and that's just again everybody's going to have a different parenting philosophy but that that struck me and i think it, i think when we talk about this it's a similar thing which is do children have an expectation of privacy no but i think i think that you as a as a good parent you should give them some space to be themselves and to do things that you don't need to you know go through their correspondence i had when i graduated from high school my mom made me a like a book of high school uh memories and things and it was like pictures and stuff but in doing it what i found is that she went into a box of my private like Photos and letters and stuff mm-hmm. from friends and and my girlfriend at the time. And she expected that she did this nice thing for me and that I should uh, thank her for it. And my response was, this is a colossal invasion of my privacy, huh. even as well intentioned as it was. Yeah. So. Do, chil- do children have an expectation of privacy? Uh, I think they do. I don't think it's legal, but I think it's kind of moral. that that, and, and so that's what strikes me about this feature. And we're sort of like, this is feature one, and then there's the other big feature. But like while we're here, one thing that this is doing is saying, parents, we are going to protect, we are going to look for really bad things, or maybe bad things if you think they're bad, on your youngest children's devices, because we know you probably can't or won't. Or we don't want you to have to. And that's interesting. It does lead you down a path, potentially, of building more features that are about the device watching the kids instead of the parent. And I don't think Apple intends to go here, but it's an interesting question philosophically. Like, are you building a machine learning uh strict kind of parental state around the kid. If you turn on a bunch of features like this, or are you giving your kids space by setting these features and letting the kid and the machine deal with it instead of you having to pour through every bit of content that they go through to make sure it's okay. And again, I don't think there's a clear answer there, but it's an interesting question. Like having it be machine learning based means the parents don't have to police this. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which is good because I think most parents won't police this. In, just in reality, parents are very busy, and they're not gonna. Most of them are not gonna ask their kids to hand over their phones and have them scroll through everything. And the kids are gonna find a way around them seeing what they, <laughs> they want to see anyway, right? That happens. Uh, but it's a. I, I think it's a, I think it's interesting to think about the expectation of privacy and whether adding a machine learning element in, um, reassures parents. Is that is that a better kind of scrutiny of a kid than a per, than direct parental scrutiny?
0: I don't know. So Alex Stamos, who works for the Stanford Internet Observatory, had a really good thread about all of this stuff, but there was one part of it that relates to the uh, communication safety segment that I thought was interesting. Which is, and I've seen other people criticize Apple for this too, of like.
1: And just to be clear, this is the Alex who was the head of uh, security at Facebook for many years and mm -hmm. said many interesting things while, while at Facebook. His his track record is is very interesting, but Mm -hmm. this is what he does now for a living at Stanford is is think about stuff like this.
0: And this is something I've seen other people say too, of like that maybe this system is has some interesting parts to it, but probably isn't enough. And it's weird that the, the way that Apple have rolled it out to be so focused on what it is. So what Stamos said is that he would love to see Apple create robust reporting in iMessage, slowly roll out client machine learning to prompt the user to report abusive materials, and staff a child safety team to investigate the worst reports. And I would also say, as you did, I don't know why anyone couldn't report Yeah, things that they didn't want to see in our message
1: this is again it's kind of a a tangential point a little bit but it leaps off of this feature which is apple like apple could do more and i think this is overall we're going to get back to this about why why this is going on and the idea ben thompson wrote a really good piece about it uh on today monday as we record this about this which is there are choices Apple made about how they built this up. And, and and Apple is in a position where it can sort of choose where to intervene and where not to, where somebody like Facebook can't. But this is this is a really good point, which is Apple has really gotten away with not having to do what Facebook and Twitter have to do in terms of iMessage, right? Apple just is like, hey, everybody, it's you can block people if you want, but like it's 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 just whatever. And it's like, well, okay, but if somebody is sending uh, awful material to somebody. Could you report them in iMessage? Are they violating a term of service? Could you do that um, right now? You can't. Um, and and so this is what he's suggesting here is that what if what if you build a system where you build a reporting framework and a safety framework for iMessage? You use the machine learning to buttress it by like flagging things and saying, "Do you want to report this? You can report this as abuse, whether it's language based or photo based or whatever." Um, and then and then. His idea is you have a child safety team that investigates if a child says that they're being abused. Um, but All interesting points about how Apple could have approached this and thus far has not.
0: Alright, this episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how targeted your marketing content or how sleek your website is, they'll bounce if a page is loading too slowly. But with real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance affects your users' experiences so you can take action before your business is impacted, or for as low as $10 a month. Whether your visitors are dispersed around the world or across browsers, devices, and platforms, Pingdom will help you identify bottlenecks, troubleshooting, performance and make informed optimizations. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so therefore it is built for scalability, which means you can monitor millions of page views, not just sampled data, at an affordable price. Get live site performance visibility today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM and you'll get a 30-day free trial with no credit card required to do so. Then when you're ready to buy, use the code UPGRADE at checkout and you will get an amazing 30% off your first invoice. That's pingdom.com slash RelayFM and the code UPGRADE at checkout. A thanks to Pingdom from Winds for their support of this show and Relay FM. So now let's talk about CSAM detection. All right. This is a new technology that will allow for Apple to scan for known CSAM images stored in iCloud photos. This allows them to report instances to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is abbreviated to NCMEC, I believe, which will work with law enforcement in the U.S., Apple will not be scanning the images themselves in the cloud. Instead, they perform on-device matching using a database of image hashes. So it's just a bunch of code, basically. Then before an image is uploaded, it's scanned against this. Li- so a hash is made of an image, and it's scanned against this list of hashes. Right. This There's like this whole cryptographic way of doing it. Don't worry about the details, not important for this conversation, I think. If a match is found, it creates something called a cryptographic safety voucher, which is then uploaded alongside the image as it goes up to iCloud. Apple say they cannot interpret these vouchers, so they don't know that they exist, unless an account, an individual account, passes a threshold of known CSAM content. This threshold is not stated, but Apple say it's set in such a way that there is a one in one trillion chance per year of incorrectly flagging an account once this threshold is exceeded apple will manually review it to confirm a match is correct and then disables the user and notifies nick mac and therefore the us uh, enforcement you know like law right. enforcement
1: so a few a few details before we move on with this mm-hmm. which is um so first off it's happening on device this is part of the confusion it's happening on device but only at upload time to icloud photos yep so We're in this very weird situation where having one of these photos on your device doesn't do anything. This is not what Apple, I would say, could have built, which is something that looks at all images on a device and does this. It isn't doing that. It is only doing it if you're sending it to Apple's iCloud server. Before it does that, it runs this check. And it's running this check for people who are curious. The hashes all come from NickMak. They are the only, I believe, organization in the US that's allowed to possess these images that are that are fundamentally illegal. And they so they can run uh, code on them and generate these hashes that Apple is using. Um the safety voucher thing is important because people are like, well, well, what this means is that I'm gonna take a picture as uh, you know, as an adult, or maybe a young adult. Uh, and, and it's a, a nude picture and it is going to flag this and, I, and then somebody at Apple is going to look at it. And now people at Apple, just like the Siri thing, right? People at Apple are literally looking at my uh, nude pictures, right? That's not what's happening for a few reasons. One is you've got to have multiple versions. They have to match the hash, which is, my understanding is, very difficult to do. If it isn't the image, it's literally looking for that image or an image of that image, a distortion of the images that are in the database that are known by the authorities to be the CSAM content. So first off, you've got to have a lot of these. One false positive is not going to do it. And second, my understanding is when the threshold is passed and Apple manually reviews it, I believe Apple is actually manually reviewing a low resolution uh, preview image. So it's not super clear, but it should be clear enough for, for them to verify that it actually matches the image and then passes that on. So again, this is one of those cases where, not saying there couldn't be a false positive, but Apple seems to have worked very hard to try to avoid false positives. And they're using a system that shouldn't flag anything that isn't already in the Mac database. So that's the idea. I didn't
0: here. know that part about the low resolution images. Yeah. I that- just thought that they were reviewing the hashes.
1: Yeah. No, I think that, uh, no, they, they, they look at the, they get a, the low res preview image is my understanding. So they, if it's something that for some reason bizarrely comes across as a false positive and keeping in mind, it would have to trigger lots of false positives to get to this point, which is unlikely extreme, Mm -hmm. which is why they say it's a trillion a year. Um, then they would look and presumably whoever is paid by Apple to look at these matches would look at the low resolution preview and be like, oh, that's not this at all and mark it and hmm. nothing would happen. So they're they're trying to build a system where essentially they're trying to build a system where you really need to upload a large number of known CSAM imagery to iCloud to trigger this. And I would make the argument that how many people are they really going to catch with this feature? This is because what I don't understand. When I, I'm so angry about it the this answer part. is dumb people, but there are a lot of dumb people like right, uh, criminals, this is so... criminals are dumb oh. there are a lot of dumb people, but yes is it is so a annoying very cons- to
0: me. constrained thing yes why why are they doing it this way so okay, so what annoys me is this is happening on device, right? so all of the identification of these horrible images are happening on device on your iPhone or your iPad, right? so the device knows if it's found something, yeah. But it won't tell Apple and therefore the authorities unless that image is uploaded to iCloud, just by the way, all of Apple's stuff they're like if you choose to upload this image to iCloud, you don't do that. it just happens automatically it's either on right. or off you know yeah' but like so anybody that
1: <laughs> i'm sorry, I'm imagining a dialogue box that comes up and says this seems to be SAME content would, would you, you like, like to, to upload it? to iCloud?
0: <laughs> yeah. oh god right if you if this is your thing. If this is somebody's thing, like, it makes me shiver to even say yeah. that. Like, you just turn off iCloud. Yeah. OK.
1: So again, again, people are dumb, and it will catch no, dumb but like, people. But you're right. you have the like, why give such an easy out?: And this is this is the thing that I am fascinated by, which is Apple theoretically could do this to every image in your photo library. Or even I think maybe every image that's displayed using standard Apple uh, functionality that app developers can use, mm-hmm. but certainly every photo in your photo library mm-hmm. and it could so if somebody has iCloud photo library turned off and they import the big Csam content database of their photos into their iPad, uh not, nothing will happen. Apple could make it that all of those photos, when they're added to the photo library are scanned. And that even if you're not syncing to iCloud, it sends a note to Apple that basically turns you in and says, this is bad. And this person has bad things on it. And they have chosen not to do that. And this is a fascinating question because it shows you that Apple drew the line at this particular point. And the question is, why did Apple draw the line at this particular point? And there are a lot of theories out there. I was going to mention this at the end, but I'll throw it in now. One of the thoughts is that Apple is drawing the line here because Apple really wants to turn on iCloud backup encryption. And the problem with that is iCloud backups currently not encrypted. Apple can decrypt them uh, if legal authorities want them to. All your stuff on your device is yours, but if you back it up to iCloud, Apple and the authorities can look at the backup. And one theory is that Apple has placed this where it is so that Apple can then encrypt your whole photo library on th- in the cloud, inaccessible to authorities but still make the ability to flag CSAM content. That That's a theory. But if that theory is not right, then so be it. But like, I think it's interesting to ask the question, why here? Because Apple could absolutely, if Apple, We and I'm sure somebody has framed it this way. And if they won't, they will soon because this is how Apple gets covered. I'm sure somebody will say at some point, Apple's okay with you putting CSAM content on your devices as long as you don't put it on their servers. That that is one I think not very generous, but statement that you could make about the where they chose to nestle this in the system. You could also say on the positive side, Apple put a uh, an automatic scanner for stuff in your phone. Um, it's for bad stuff, but if you don't like the idea that Apple's scanning for stuff, turn off iCloud photos and then Apple won't scan your stuff anymore. And that they're, this is the choice that they're giving you is you can have bad stuff on your phone, but you can't put it on our servers.
0: Mm, I don't disagree with any of that.
1: and And, you know, it's, it's, there are legal issues and quasi legal issues, right? Sometimes, and we talked about this in the context of other Apple stuff and legislation and all that. Sometimes the move you make is because of legislation, like when GDPR happened and everybody's like, oh boy, got to add a bunch of boxes that say, can I look at your cookies and whatever, right? Um, But there's also the preemptive stuff, which is behind the scenes. Is it like, you know, you can't turn this feature on because we're going to come at you with this with this law or this regulation or whatever. And it sounds like there's some legislation brewing, you know, that the EU is moving on some of this stuff and the UK may be moving on some of this stuff. And then ultimately the US is going to be moving on some of this stuff. And that Apple felt that they needed to build something or potentially the theory that they want to encrypt iCloud backups more broadly because they think it's better if it's encrypted and law enforcement can't get to it. But in order to do that, they've got to throw them a bone. And this is the bone, which is Apple uh, is going to scan for the bad stuff before it goes into the cloud encrypted. But uh, it's just like they obviously (sighs) I don't want to make the cynical question, which is Apple's doing this to look good, because I think it's true that Apple is doing this to stop this from happening on Its services. But the way they're doing it seems to be much more about iCloud and stopping the bad stuff from reaching Apple servers than it is about stopping the bad stuff, period.
0: And see, this is like, I mean, we haven't even gone into the backdoor conversation really yet, and we will. Like, don't worry, that's coming. We'll slide down that slippery slope. It's coming. We're at the top of the slippery slope now. I just kind of feel like this is like wanted to have your cake and eat it kind of it's like we want to make the system because it's the right thing to do but we also don't want to have to deal with all of it and i yeah i don't know it's it's this part of it to me is like i com i agree with everything you have said but it still makes me uncomfortable oh it makes me uncomfortable too i just i want to delineate
1: here mm-hmm. the that there is a very specific, if we're going to talk, as some people have said, about how, you know, potentially monstrous something like this is to have a, like I was saying about kids stuff, have a monitor running, a machine learning based monitor looking at all the content in your device. Two ways to look at it. One is, is it's, it's Big Brother, but Big Brother is automated. <laughs> the other way to view it is, it's good because it means people aren't looking at your device it's just software and you could you can make both arguments and if you take them down the slippery slope of time and in a you know an infinite time scale and all of that mm-hmm. they may be the same they you know they, they may be it's actually worse right because the machine never gets tired the machine can look at everything and you can't slide anything by the machine like you can by a human being um, but it is i think important to note what apple has chosen to do and not do here cuz could apple have built this feature and deployed it when the photo comes in instead of when the photo gets uploaded to iCloud and the answer is absolutely yes and they chose not to and
0: because here's the, that's here, uh, interesting right, you just that's said interesting something. if you're a kid receiving an image they think that it's worth checking it when it comes in and alerting the parent right but if it's this stuff it's like oh no we won't alert immediately like when it comes like when it arrives or when it's been sent or when it's been downloaded or saved. It's only if that person decides they want to back it up. And it's so yeah. it's so weird. So so get ready for the argument that I think, again,
1: I don't know if I agree with it or not. I might, like, this is the challenge, right? Is everybody, you, and this actually came up in that Twitter thread by Alex Stamos, which is there are so many people who want to do hot takes. And the two big hot takes are, um, yay, Apple is, is stopping CSAM and protecting kids. And boo, Apple is creating uh, surveillance devices Mm -hmm. that will ultimately watch everything you do on your phone and can be misused by uh, bad guys and authoritarian governments or whatever, right? Those are the two hot takes. But the truth is that it's harder than that because both of those things are potentially true, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, And so... When somebody comes out and says Apple is okay with CSAM as long as you don't put it on their servers, that is is true. That is a choice that they made. And are they really okay with it? No, but I suspect that Apple is trying to adhere to the letter of the law or threats from law enforcement about it going to their servers. And that's why they built this feature. While not putting it everywhere on your phone, because they're worried about the other argument, which is you're now spying on everything I do on my, on my phone. So they've tried to square the circle here. They've they've done the you know King Solomon thing, right? <laughs> uh, it's like uh, we're gonna go right in the middle, and nobody's gonna be happy, right? Because we're not catching everything, but we're also not. <laughs> the other not... thing
0: is, like, my phone is spying on everything I do. Whoever it tells anyone on it it's true. It's true. It's doing true, but... it.
1: Right. So Apple has to, and and this is why platform owners in general, whether you're an OS vendor or whether you're a, a social media vendor or a cloud storage or whatever it is, this is the line they have to walk, which is, you know, you build features and they are helpful to people, but they also increase your data profile and can be misused. This is the story of the 21st century tech, right? And so you gotta, you gotta make your choices about what your, uh, where you're going to draw the line. And this is a very clear, I think, example of Apple making this choice, which is, okay, we're going to draw the line at putting it on iCloud. And again, they could draw the line. They could not do the feature or they could draw the line much earlier in the process. And neither of those things are things that they did, but, but why? I don't know. I mean, my guess is external pressure is why but they haven't said that right because it's PR instead it's like yay we did this and nick Mech came out with a statement that was like yay apple did this and then predictably eff came out the electronic frontier foundation came out with a boo this is big brother and like you could have predicted it all like it's very obviously what's what's going on here but it's more complicated than they're saying
0: Before we get into the uh, backdoor discussion, let me read a few segments from uh, an FAQ that Apple published, I think, yesterday on Sunday. You know, it's been a few days for this stuff to continue to spiral out of control. And so they've published a document where they're attempting to try and calm people down. Uh, And there were three points that I wanted to read a little bit from just to help frame some of this discussion we've had and we're about to have. Question. Can the CSAM detection system in iCloud Photos be used to detect things other than CSAM? Apple says, our process is designed to prevent that from happening. CSAM detection for iCloud photos is built so that the system only works with CSAM image hashes provided by NCMEC and other child safety organizations. There is no automated reporting to law enforcement and Apple conducts human review before making a report to NCMEC. As a result, the system is only designed to report photos that are known CSAM in iCloud photos.
1: Right, so, so and again, just to be clear here, this is not machine learning detecting uh CSAM content. This is comparing they have a CSAM or NeckMek has a giant database.
0: A library kind of Mm -hmm. that
1: they have that they have taken from offenders who build these libraries of this content. And all this feature is doing is matching that database so it's, it's, not, it's only going to match if it sees something that looks like something that was in that database. It's not saying I'm looking for body parts. I'm looking for whatever it is. It's not doing that. It's, I'm trying to match the known illegal CSAM content.
0: Question. Could governments force Apple to add non-CSAM images to the hash list? Apple will refuse any such demands. We have faced demands to build and deploy government-mandated changes that degrade the privacy of users before, and have steadfastly refused those demands. I will come back to this point in a minute. Mm, We will continue to refuse them in the future. Let us be clear. This technology is limited to detecting CSAM stored in iCloud, and we will not accede to any government's request to expand it. This one is like let's come back to it right we'll come back okay. to it because I yeah. have so many problems with that statement <laughs> yeah. so All many right. thoughts Can question can non-CSAM images be injected into the system to flag accounts for things other than CSAM our process is designed to prevent that from happening the set of image hashes used for matching are from known existing images of CSAM that have been made available to child safety organizations by law enforcement Apple does not add to the set of known csam Sam, image hashes. So, I have a couple of points, like, thoughts on this, right? One, right, it's like, okay, you know, we're just all going to accept that the US government is given the correct list of stuff, right? Like, because this is, we're all just assuming. Because like, everybody, just, yeah. right? Like, everybody uh, points and says, China, right? Or whatever, you know, insert your country here. And a lot of this is just the assumption that what comes from NICMEC is 100% on the up and up, right? We don't know that. Nobody knows that, except the people putting the images into the lists, right? Right. Like, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say that the US government or any government in the world can be 100% trusted and that for some reason, just because Apple's in America, we will just be like perfect government, no problem, right? And I don't think it's as simple to say as that. It may be that
1: NCMEC has a, a system. I don't know anything about this organization. It may be that this has a system that that is has oversight and that is part of international law enforcement groups and there is oversight. But yes, your point is, before we even get to authoritarian states, yeah. let's just say there's a terrorist attack on the US and they think that there's that there are there's evidence, you know, basically they want to take a bunch of known circulating uh terrorist imagery that's been coming out of the, you know, terrorist home base wherever it is and they want to insert those hashes in the Nickback database. Right? The
0: Patriot Act did a bunch of really terrible stuff. Yeah,
1: so right? so that's, that's that's the that's the argument for I mean for any country, but you could even say it in the US is is Apple doesn't see anything except the hashes. So the question would be would and and honestly i think this is a larger issue as well which is stopping the abuse of children is kind of a shield if it may you know maybe kind of a shield let me put it that way that although the cia and the nsa or whoever might want to or any fbi whatever might want to insert hashes of known terrorism images into the CSAM or, or the database that's kept by Nick uh specifically to run an operation that will find those terrorists who are using iPhones. Right. Okay. Oh, all right. The risk is that the story is going to come out that the government uh, exploited the efforts of people who are trying to stop child exploitation for their own uses, which is pretty bad. Like, right? That's pretty bad. Right.
0: But, like, if they say, But terrorists, but well,
1: yeah. And this is what I was going to say about other authoritarian regimes because we gotta we gotta deal with the uh, Apple will refuse any such demands line here. Oh, (laughs) yeah, which is like I love that they said it, good for them, thanks. But it doesn't really take a lot to imagine. China saying we have our own image database here are the hashes they need to be processed in China your people who look at the at the uh, positives that come out have to be in China um, the, the counter argument right now is that China, your iCloud backup is not encrypted and it's on a server that's run by a company that's basically run by the Chinese government so they can look at your photos anyway. Yep. Um, and maybe they're scanning them. Who knows? But let's just, for, we'll, we'll use China as a proxy. It could be some, somebody else. It could be Kazakhstan. It could China, be Russia. China's be a, good, a good
0: one because of that exact thing that you just said, right? That what Apple considered to be so incredibly important that like it's all encrypted and blah, 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 like the iCloud backups. They just allowed for China to say right. where those are stored. Yes. And it's not well, and it's and the only country in the world where Apple is not storing the iCloud backups on their own servers that they control.
1: Exactly. And uh and I would assume that if Apple does ultimately turn on encrypted iCloud backups, it probably won't be turned on in China. That's my guess. Um so anyway, my point here is
0: Yeah, and that won't be but by their decision, right? right?
1: Right. An authoritarian uh government, China, somebody else, whatever. Um, could say, okay, well, we're going to do this, and we're going to provide you with a list of hashes. But the list of hashes is not actually, even if they say it is, it's not actually just uh, child abuse imagery. It's not just CSAM. It's uh, it's known, you know, images circulating in questionable political groups, and it flags them. That's the, that's the argument here. So mm-hmm. let's say that China, for example, comes to Apple and says, "We're going to do this." Apple at that point either says Apple abides by the the laws in every country in which Apple participates, which is what they always say. It's what they said when they added the, would you like to add these Russian apps to your phone at startup in Russia? Mm -hmm. Um, It's what they say about China. It's like, we follow the rules of the local countries. Apple will refuse any such demands. And this gets back to my prior point, which is the shield of child abuse is all Apple has here, which is to say, if China wanted to use this feature for something other than child abuse the story would be china subverts attempts to stop child abuse in order to do whatever it wants to do stop other you know unrest in in china um is that enough like i don't think it is i don't think the chinese government would necessarily care but that's no. kind of it this is if the chinese government wants to put Apple on the spot. Apple will either need to agree or Apple will need to basically pull the iPhone out of China and use lose a huge amount of money. Now, now I think when we talk about Apple and China, and this is a whole other big topic, but I think when we talk about Apple and China, what we often do is give China too much power and Apple not enough. And the truth is Apple being in China is really good for China, too. <laughs> it is a it is a a point of pride Uh, It is the people in China love Apple's products. It's a point of pride that Apple builds and assembles its products in China. Like it's a two way street. China doesn't want Apple out of the country, but this would be uh, Apple will refuse any such demands. It's like they're laying it down there. But well, but what if those demands happen? What if it happens and you have to abandon a market, China, Russia, wherever you have to abandon a market because the local regime says we got a hash of images for you and we want you to scan for it
0: between Apple and China though we all know who's blinking first
1: i mean at this point yeah i think i i mean depending on uh yeah yeah i think i think so i think so you never know uh, like, i guess remain- they
0: need each other but china will get on just fine without apple they just yeah. will uh-
1: well, I, I, you know, I would argue Apple will will ultimately get on fine without China, but if they could really hurt for a while, if if they can't, you know, be part participating, can't, like in the make market. their
0: products, that's going to be pretty bad. Yeah, that would bit. be tough. So this
1: is this is why I, the bluster here is fascinating to me. Apple will refuse any such demands. They are basically saying, "Go ahead and call our bluff." Go ahead and take this feature that's about protecting children and turn it into a tool for an authoritarian state to to analyze its citizens. Go ahead and try us. The problem is, I can think of one com- country that could go ahead and try them, and it would be very difficult for them to refuse that demand.
0: I think the thing that frustrates me quite a bit, like and again, like I- I'm just looking at this from my like common sense look at everything that's being said and being written about the app will say like the only thing this technology can be used for is CSAM detection
1: but it's not true but that's right? that's a lie
0: right because all it's doing is, man, is like looking at the hashes yes but you can hash exactly. anything Exactly. And I think I I do not find it acceptable to say this. Their
1: hedge against it is the human review, right? But again, if the human review is in a place or for, you know, is subverted itself in any way, then you're done, right? The technology can be used for whatever. It it, it is built to only be used for this. But I think that's absolutely right. Now what it, what what this does because it's about hashes, it's not going to like m- use an ML model to find you know, people who are speaking out against the government. But if you've got a bunch of photos that are circulating in your, you know, uh, subversive circles in your country, you put those in, right? You put those in the memes and, 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 Im- and the, like the example people give is like the tank man image in, mm-hmm. in Tiananmen Square or um, Winnie the Pooh memes stuff like that right in China uh, that they put that stuff in there and they're going to and basically the idea would be we can find people who are not thinking properly about the regime and we can capture them and and do something to them um and like this technology could do that if it was used in that way and what apple's really saying is by policy we are not going to use it that way which is not the same as it can't be used that way
0: and and it, that's exactly what it is right this this isn't a technological enforcement it's a policy enforcement and i don't think personally that's good enough and this is where i i struggle yep. so much on this i cannot tell you how much i want the people that circulate this kind of imagery to be removed from society and given the help that they need right and and I'm and I know that that maybe some people would find that even like that second part of what I said to be weird, but I feel like you've you've got to you've got to do both parts of this. I think because I don't know, it's it's tricky, right? Like,
1: well, this is this is the again, I'm going to bring us back to the spectrum, right? Which is catching bad people and tools to spy on a mass population mm-hmm. by. I've been saying authoritarian regimes, but you mentioned the Patriot Act. It's like by anyone, by Mm -hmm. any government, for any reason. Um, And those are, they seem like polar opposites, but the poles wrap around. Because essentially what you're doing is saying, society has deemed this kind of material bad. And we want to look at what people have on their devices and find them if they're uploading this stuff. And stop the bad people, and like the it, it's all and then it's all about how it's used, which is why all the slippery slope arguments exist right. Mm-hmm. This is the Edward Snowden you know statement that he made, which is no matter how well intentioned, and I think that's right because I think it is well intentioned Apple is rolling out mass surveillance, and it's like okay, it's a little overheated because of the way it's done with the hashes um but like it is. You know, it, it can be used for good and evil. It's just, it's just a tool and you built it for good. It can be used for evil. I will go back to why they built it where they did. I feel like this is Apple's compromise. Apple's compromise is don't use iCloud and we won't spy on you. That's the compromise at this point. Now, you could argue like, well, what will happen if a government said, we want you to scan everything that goes in your device? And I, I do actually think that Apple would walk away at that point. I think that there, I do think that there are limits to what somebody, even China that has the most leverage over Apple, I do think that there are limits to what even China could make Apple do with its products. Um, but that's why I think they positioned it where they have, is if it does ultimately get subverted, there's still an out, which is, don't sync it with the cloud. Unfortunately, that's also an out for the people who use CSAM content in their photo library. So again, you you and this is this is the I think it's the struggle maybe even of our era between authoritarianism and people who want uh, freedom from uh, from big groups is uh, is this which is we can we can stop crime and make everybody happier uh by having a panopticon having everybody everything that everybody does is watched and don't worry it won't be people i just read a book about this actually uh a novel that i don't recommend to anybody because it was it's very long and very dense but i loved it um called uh i'll I'll mention it if you want to inflict it on yourself it's it's noman by nick harkaway it's 700 pages and super dense and and i loved it but What it's about, in part, because it's a very long, dense, Pynchon-esque kind of novel, is about the UK in the future being a machine-learning police state. And the idea is there's no longer people watching you, but the machine is watching everyone everywhere. And isn't it great? Everybody's happier. The machine can stop crime and the machine can give you advice (laughs) about how to be happier and all of that. Well, yes, but also if that machine that machine can whatever that machine has decided is bad can't happen anymore. That's that's the ultimate slippery slope argument here, and I I see it. Um and it's 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 a tough one because the more freedom you give, it's like Apple with the FBI. Like, the more freedom you give, law enforcement's like, but no, we wanna see because we need to find the bad people. And the counter argument is, yeah, you say you wanna find the bad people, but Who's gonna stop you from finding other people? And maybe these people aren't bad. Maybe you have a new set of bad people who aren't bad, but you want to find them anyway, for your reasons. Like that's this is the struggle, I think, of our era, um, both politically and technologically.
0: I don't want this to exist, right? Like I don't want this stuff to exist in the world. I don't want it to remain unchecked. See, Sam, right? Yeah. You don't
1: want to like the idea. The idea that these devices are being used as a safe harbor for this kind of material.
0: Yeah, I don't want that, right? No, who, you know, nobody does. That's the risk. Nobody does. But I think it's really tricky to balance this against the potential of the security of every single iPhone user on the planet, because like this is a slippery slope. Like this is just a start like why would this be the only thing why would this be the only thing in, that is imaginable my right?
1: understanding by the way uh, another thing that i've seen in these stories is there's actually kind of an understanding that lots of other cloud photo and storage services they're already doing this
0: they're already scanning. Well, apparently Apple was already doing it, right? Like there was a, a report that somebody at Apple said this in Uploaded
1: images. So the idea here is that if you encrypt it, then you need to scan them before you do it. But like this is not a new thing and Apple is the first crack and the dam is gonna burst. This has been going on, right? Um it's not it's not new. This stuff this this stuff has been scanned, but I think the the people at places like Nick Mac, what would, they would say is they're trying to eliminate more safe harbors for this mm-hmm. stuff, and and that this is a place where stuff is getting stored. To which I would counter, yeah, but are they really uploading it
0: to iCloud? Yeah, but like <laughs> Apple's created a safe harbor. It's called your device, right? Like you yeah. can you can keep it on your device, and no one will ever know about it. But like my point is, like this is the first time this has happened. I could imagine a couple of years ago, uh, us saying and Apple saying we would never do something like this, right? I feel like that's not unfair to say. Like you'd look to go back to the FBI San Bernardino thing. I feel like Apple of them would never have created a backdoor into their devices. That was the whole point of that. We don't create any backdoor.
1: Right? It, it's not. Well, so this isn't a backdoor, but it is a. I mean, unless you view the the Nick hashes as a backdoor, in which case it kind of is. But, um, yeah, I I think look. In the end, we don't know why Apple's doing this, although we have lots of suggestions that there is something happening here. They're motivated probably by some sort of external threat The the idea, they either want to do something that they can't do until they build this, or they know that they're going to be required to build this or something like it, and they want to build it. I, I would argue, my guess is build it preemptively what Apple considers the right way instead yeah, of being told yeah, to build it yeah, a way that they're yeah. not comfortable with. That seems like a very Apple thing to do, right? which is like, we're going to mandate that you do it this way. And Apple's response is, wait, 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 wait let's let us come up with a better way of doing what you want mm. that we feel keeps things private and whoever is behind this is like okay you know all right that that's fine so like they're doing it their way um but the problem that we always get back to and i think this is fundamentally and there's no answer to this is apple has built a tool that is being used for good but tools can be misused
0: that's it. Like, this is coming off that. What is it? Pegasus? Pegatron? Pegasus, right? <laughs> what is it? I'm being serious. Is it Pegasus? That spying software thing. Pegatron? Uh, Pegasus? Anyway. Yes, Pegatron? Pegasus. Uh, no, Pegatron. I don't know what it is. It's Pegasus. Yeah. Pegatron is a different thing, right? It's Isn't a Taiwanese comp- yeah, manufacturer. Right. Like, like, uh, like uh, the, what's the one that Apple uses? Foxconn. Yeah. Peg- anyway. Pegasus. Yes, wasn't it expected that it was completely impossible for anyone to do that to an iPhone? Yeah, but it comes back to my like this thing that I have I think I said it but I said it a bunch of bunch of things. If a human makes it, a human can break it. It's as simple as that, right There are always holes in these systems, and that's just like another part of it that makes me uncomfortable. There's now this thing that can look at every photo Now you can tell me what you what Apple wants to put into it, fine there's a thing that can look at every photo and it can assess them I, and it can put a little cryptographic so signature on it.
1: Here, here's another way where, again, I think all these arguments are valid and, and we need to consider all of them, but I will throw this out there, which is, I think maybe the difference here is that Apple is telling everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? Better like, to say uh, than not to say, like, right? Because here's, here's the thing.
1: There's a lot of surveillance going on already. In a lot of different ways, and a lot of companies are 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 uh, complying to do it. So, on one level, it's kind of refreshing that Apple's like, "This is what we're doing." <laughs> yeah, so I wish they know. would have done
0: it differently, though. Right, like we said it already. Like they really sure. bungled this one. Sure, they they should have done these two things separately. Would have made it a lot easier. <laughs>
1: Well, whenever you have to post an FAQ days after you made your announcement, you because there's been a whole yeah. like you you blew it. Like, yeah, we didn't even get into like the way this was rolled out and the the fact that they put uh, that Nick Mech put out this press release that's just like this incredible like patting itself on the back and saying like you know people who don't like this are are just fu- furthering crime and it's like oh boy uh, who are these people? But like yeah, the rollout was, the rollout was bad. He was used yeah. too. Which yes, is just that's, like, it's bad. It's yeah. very very bad very bad this is a this is a hard thing well yeah, law I think enforcement in is going to be like that of course in
0: modern times if you have had to create an faq because queues have been effed right <laughs> then, then your you rollout really was a bit effed too yeah right because faqs now tend to be created before right because it's just like i assume right. you this anticipate is what the questions <laughs> no that's 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 yeah this is
1: we've learned a new this is a new little upgrade uh tidbit for everybody <laughs> which is you know if you have to build an FAQ, your rollout was F'd. That's, that's what it you is.
0: If you, the F's have been A. Because they're just frequently anticipated F questions. to the A's, right? To the Q. <laughs> but look, here, the other thing that has really made me uncomfortable in the last few days is realizing how much power these technology companies have in our lives now. That they are actually law enforcement. They're not just computer manufacturers anymore. Apple is attempting to enforce law. Right? That they are doing this. Whether yes. you know, and this is the way that Apple has decided to enforce the law. They have not been told they have to do it this way. They have been told they have to do something. Apple's interpretation is: we will enforce laws this way. And it's like, oh my god, thank you, police. Like it's like. Oh, all right. Like all of the technology companies are enforcing laws in the ways that they want to enforce them and then pass well, that information over to law enforcement.
1: This is The truth is this is a consequence of the fact that our law enforcement system is based on the real world and they patrol our streets. And they visit our houses <laughs> mm-hmm. and they go, knock on the front door and they Attack do whatever they or, they, or they knock it down. All of those things, right? But the problem is, is that so much of life now, maybe even most, but certainly a lot of life now is in servers in the, and devices on, you know, on the internet and in our devices. And the problem is that our policing isn't made for that. Our laws aren't made for that. This is something we talked about with the FBI stuff with the San Bernardino shootings, right? Like we, and if you, if you followed uh, any of the Gamergate stuff, like people would make reports to police and the police are like, I don't know. It's the internet. We're not, we don't, we don't police the internet here. And it's like, I know. Yeah, I know you don't. But, but that's the problem is, is nobody does and somebody needs to. And and you probably should be the ones to do it because you're law enforcement, but you're not. And what it ends up being is these territories that are so important to our society, the owner, quote unquote, of you know, to a certain degree anyway, builder slash owner, depending on where you are in the chain, is a tech company. And so we're put in this position where it's like, okay, you, you said that that Apple is now law enforcement. It's like Sort of, or you could say they're the owner of a large amount of real estate that law enforcement has decided they're that you know they need to patrol, and Apple can't refuse them uh because and they may not have wanted to be that, but mm-hmm. that's what they are, and that goes for all of that goes for Apple and Google and Facebook and everybody else, like they don't want to be they well I should say they don't want the responsibility of being the owners and operators of. A huge portion of the territory of our lives. But they've they've made a lot of money from being that. And this is the other part of it, is that they actually do have to have the responsibility for this stuff. And the the law enforcement agencies are going to come to them. And these thorny problems are going to happen. And they can't run away from it. So this is an interesting example, whatever you think of it, of Apple trying to find a way through that is not so bad. But I think we we hear a lot from the, uh, because this is kind of a win for law enforcement, we are hearing a lot from people like Edward Snowden and the EFF. Mm -hmm. Again, watch for it. Somebody is going to say that this is a victory for people who use CSAM because Apple's not scanning everything on your device and there's an easy way to turn it off. That will also be an argument. And we may, in the tech side, we're not hearing that argument. But mark my words, that is going to be an argument that this doesn't go far enough and that all that argument will always be there, which is why there's always the potential for tools
0: like this to be used in ways in which they weren't intended. This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by DoorDash. Dinner? Check. Deodorant? Check. You got that morning pick-me-up? Check. Everything you need, wherever you need it, with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now, right to your door, and also the grocery essentials that you need, too. You can get drinks, snacks, and household items delivered in under an hour, as well as maybe your dinner or your lunch. Ordering is easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with their contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local neighborhood go-tos, of your favorite national restaurant chains like Popeye's, Chipotle and the Cheesecake Factory. Jason Snell, can you tell Upgradians uh, about your DoorDash experiences?
1: Sure. Also shout out to Puerto Rico, which is the United States, but I like that they mentioned that it also Puerto Rico because yeah, I think sometimes, sometimes people they people get left know, out. Right? Sometimes yeah. they don't. I hear from Puerto Rico every now and then they're like, Hey, don't forget us. I don't, I don't forget you. Um, the uh, Doordash stuff is great, like because as I've said, my method is don't order hungry. It's a classic. You order in advance; it shows up at your door. My daughter's driven for Doordash. You know, it was great during the pandemic. Some places, pandemic still rising high. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to see people. Um, bring bring it on! Like whatever you want. We have great restaurants in our town. Also, places that we don't usually go to because they're a little bit further away. Mm-hmm. And DoorDash will handle that too. It's like, yeah, I'll drive down the street, but I'm not going to drive up the freeway a couple of exits. And uh, DoorDash will handle that too.
0: So super convenient. For a limited time, listeners at this show can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. You just download the DoorDash app and you enter one of these codes. If you're in the US, it's upgrade 2021. If you're in Australia, it's upgrade AUS. That's 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app from the App Store, enter the code upgrade 2021 if you're in the US and upgrade AUS if you're in Australia. One last time, upgrade 2021 for the US, upgrade AUS for Australia for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. A thanks to DoorDash for their support of this show and Relay FM. Let's do a palate cleanser of a few hashtag ask upgrade questions before we round out today's episode. The first comes from JD, who asks, what feature of Monterey do you think that you'll be using the most, even if you don't like it? Do you have any thoughts? So I'm my initial thing on in this. I've not used Monterey yet. My beta experience is still maintained just to my iPads. I've not yet put it on my phone yet. The reason I haven't put my the reason I haven't put iOS 15 on my iPhone is if Apple continue to change Safari and I never have to have dealt with the problems that people like Federico are going through in trying to use Safari, then that'll be great for me. I'll, I will have never had to endure what is happening right. with Safari on iOS. However. I know that already on my iPad, I love tab groups. I think it's a great feature. I have it set up really well. I like using it. And I feel like with Monterey, it's going to be just as useful as it is on uh, my iPad. So that is a feature that I know I am going to really appreciate and enjoy from Monterey. Shortcuts. Shortcuts. Oh, I forgot about shortcuts. Shortcuts. Forgot about shortcuts. Yes, shortcuts Shortcuts. too. I'm going to use that all the time. I can't wait. I was talking with some a developer friend of mine who makes a really great app that I use and love very much and he was saying that he wanted to put shortcuts into the app and because it was a catalyst app. It's already done. So oh, he's very excited about that. So And that wasn't wasn't James Thompson? It wasn't James Thompson? No.
1: I, you would have mentioned it if it was, I assume, because he's a friend of the show and listener to the show.
0: So. Yeah, and I spill all of James's secrets, you
1: know.
2: Yes, that's true. That's fair. Mhm.
0: James is doing some really interesting stuff right now that I'm very excited about, which would appear to be multiplayer in Dice by Peacalc.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's really—I we. we I talked to him about that a long time ago, and he was like, "That that is very hard. I don't think I'm ever going to do that. And then all of a sudden, he tweets a thing which is like, oh, look, I'm using Game Center to have a shared table where people can roll dice. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. Plus, he's doing, he's built all that AR stuff so you can roll dice on like a real table. I, I did that, and it'll even fall off the table. The dice will like real dice, they'll fall off the table.
0: That is so impressive, by the it's way. It's amazing. If, if you haven't checked that out, the AR mode in Dice by Peacock, I think it's still in beta. Like it's it's in the app, but it's you know, James is still working on it. If you have a LiDAR sensor on a device, it's really incredible that you can you can, and so there's a few things I like about it. One, you can have like the dice tray on the, on a table, throw the dice, the dice can jump out of the dice tray. That's a setting that you can turn on and it will fall off the table. And then also if you throw a lot of dice down and you bring your iPhone down to the AR, you can push the dice around with your phone. It's bananas. It's so good. Yep. I love it. Yep. Check out Dice by Peacock. Sure. Not a sponsor, just a friend of the show.
1: And not the one Mike was talking about.
0: No. But maybe it wasn't, but probably also applies. Matt wants to know, would you want Apple to make a multi-socket mains adapter? This is, there is a huge third What's, party market mm, for this. but would mains? you have thought,
1: hello England, that's this, this, this like electrical outlet? Is I don't know. Is? I
0: don't know where Matt's from, this person. I, I, I don't know. I, and I don't think I would call it mains M- Mains
1: either. Mains is not a word that, uh, yeah, I would All right. ever power use. it. power adapter. Sorry.
0: Okay. I, know that, I know that it's impossible for Americans to understand what I'm saying, so I will say power adapter instead. Thank you. There is a huge third-party market for this, but you would have thought Apple would maybe want a slice of the pie. You've got a MacBook, iPad, iPhone, AirPods, Apple Watch. Probably going to need to plug at least a couple of them in to power of power to the mains
1: um maybe matt's on a ship or something mm-hmm. like uh we have to tap into the mains right and hoist the main sail right which is an electrical sail i believe okay. that's how that works i'm right? gonna let
0: you get this out of your system and then eventually we'll get to answer <laughs> question.
1: I, I just i just bought another one of these belkin uh i think it's belkin adapters where it's you know a big brick with a bunch of ports on it mm-hmm. um i think the reason apple wouldn't make it is because they I'm not sure they could add a lot of value, and because they're they're kind of inelegant, because it's just a whole bunch of cords coming off of them, and they prefer these sort of like slightly more elegant flat things. Although they did make that weird, you know, inelegant charger thing, um, but I don't know. I um, what I want it. I'm surprised they haven't made it, just because those things seem to sell pretty well, and they could make one that was you know priced much higher than the others and sell it in the Apple Store, and then I probably wouldn't buy it because there were cheaper ones. Um, I don't know. I I think it might come down to that. Apple's got other other fish to fry, and that this they can't see how this is going to be better than just letting the belkins of the world make these things.
0: I just bought a great product that I'm very happy about for this kind of purpose. It's made by Anchor, and it's one of those Gan chargers. So they're like way oh, yeah. more powerful, Gallium small, yep. right? And Apple isn't using this technology yet. I think that they may wait until they can do this kind of thing where you can have much more powerful chargers in a yeah. smaller I have form a couple,
1: factor. A couple of those things that look like the squ- little square chargers that they do for the iPhone in the mm-hmm. US, but with, but it's USB-C and it's yep. got way more power. Way more and, power.
0: Yeah. And the reason I bought this is because I wanted a, one thing that I could charge an iPhone an Apple Watch and an iPad Pro From. And you can yeah. do that with these things. So yeah. I I mean I don't know if they will do this, but I am at least looking forward to the day when Apple goes gets on the Gantrain. Not that they would ever include that in the box, you know, because they don't do that anymore. Right.
1: So but, but like the super awesome uh charging thingy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean don't get me wrong, I've got a I've got one that goes into the wall that is like not not on a plug, but the whole brick just goes into the wall that's got a USB and a uh, USB-C and a one USB-A, I want to say. But like that, I could see Apple making a product like that, that sort of like charge all your things at once. But again, can they really add value? I'm not sure they can. Maybe
0: one of the reasons they stopped putting the charges in the box is so they could move to the technology. Maybe, maybe. Amali's um, asks, can I get an official ruling on wearing my summer of fun merchandise in the fall? It started to arrive. I've been very happy to see Upgradians taking pictures and, and, and yes. sending them to us.
1: tank tops. Are out there now, yeah, very good, I mean, summer, what I'll say is, um summer goes on longer than you'd think, right, and the northern hemisphere it goes on until the uh the middle of September toward the end of September, so there's more time out there, and I would say really, the summer if the summer of fun keeps you warm in the fall and the winter, then you know the summer of fun lives on in your heart summer of fun's a state of mind, man, yeah. That's right. Also, it, it's very hot here in October and I will consider it the summer of fun even then. So there.
0: Thank you so much to everybody who sent in a hashtag ask upgrade question. If you would like to do so, just send out a tweet with the hashtag ask upgrade or use question mark ask upgrade in the Relay FM members Discord, Did you get access to. If you sign up for Upgrade Plus, go to getUpgradePlus.com and for five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year, you will get access to tons of great benefits for being a Relay FM member. And also Ad free, longer versions of every single episode of Upgrade. Thank you to everybody that helps support the show by doing so. And also thanks to DoorDash and Pingdom and ExpressVPN for the support of this show. Before we go, let me tell you about another show here on Relay FM, Material. Hosts Andy Anatko and Florence Zion a veteran technology journalists with plenty to say about what's going on at Google. Follow Google's journey with them at relay.fm/slash material or search for material wherever you get your podcasts if you want to find jason online you can go to sixcolors.com. you can also find jason he is at jason l on twitter j s n e double l i am at i mike i am and jason and i host many shows here on Real fm as well if you're looking for something to listen to uh if you made it through this entire episode thank you so much for listening i know it was a difficult one uh fun will hopefully resume next week on upgrade Thanks so much for listening. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, everybody.